Hi, I'm Petty Officer Second Class Whitaker, and this is Dingo Talk. You wanna know by now? You wanna know by now? You wanna know by now? You wanna know? You wanna know? What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk, and this week is our salute to veterans. Tomorrow, obviously, being Veterans Day, we are joined by. Petty Officer Second Class in the United States Navy, Saul Whitaker. Saul, thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Saul, so, so you we we met each other 2014. You came to Bethany play football, correct? Yep. Why the decision to go to college immediately and not into the military? Let's start there. So honestly, I never even thought about joining the military. I was always, you know, football, high mm -hmm. school. I was playing football. I was I was doing pretty good. I had a nice career going on. But unfortunately, I didn't have the funds to, you know, keep up with a college career at Bethany College. So one thing led to another. I couldn't return back because I didn't have the money to. So, you know, I had to weigh my options with my career path. I couldn't just sit around. So my grandmother was telling me that I should join the military. And I kind of, you know, I kind of brushed it off. I was like, I'm not joining no military. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, why, why would I do that? You feel me? Like, people dying in the military every day on the news, CNN, all this stuff. Like, why would I put myself in that situation? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I did a little bit of research. Um, I talked to a few people that was in there. And, you know, they gave me a little bit of insight. And they told me pretty much how their perspective was and stuff like that. So, you know, I wasn't really doing anything at the time. I was trying to, you know, figure out a... Uh, job situation and I was like you know what forget it I tried out why not so you know I joined in what year did I, I joined in 20 I joined 2015 but I didn't actually go to boot camp till 2017. Okay now what was why the delay in between joining and then going to boot camp? So I joined 2015 in December and when you join it's a whole bunch of like, you know, paperwork and processing and stuff that you got to do and stuff like that. And just so happened, most people join within like, you know, two to three months, maybe, mm -hmm. or maybe right then and there, depending on how, how the Navy or the military needs them. But my situation was, I was already supposed, I was supposed to join in 2016 of December, I mean, not December, August. And around the time when June or July ran around, the fiscal year for the military was about to shift and funds were being calculated and stuff like that. And they didn't have the, enough money to send me to boot camp. So I had to wait a little bit longer, you know, ended up losing a job that I actually wanted to join. And, but, you know, I found a better job. So another six months roll around. I'm in February of 2017. That's when I finally, you know, shipped out to boot camp. Now, why, why the choice for the Navy? All right, so like I said earlier, I wasn't really, you know, trying to join the military. So this is gonna be a little funny. I picked the Navy because of the uniform. They used they was rocking the blue camos and stuff like that. They was different than all the other branches. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about the military. I didn't know anything about branches, jobs, none of that. I was just trying to, you know, start my career. So I was like, you know, this is an easy way of me picking which branch to choose. And I never been on a boat before anyway. So I was like, this is another opportunity, you know. So when you when you go to boot camp, does now and I've I've had I've had a few military personnel on in prior episodes, and I don't think I've asked this question. Does everyone go to the same place 
for the first, like the initial boot camp, and then you go somewhere else? Or do you, does the Navy have its own specific boot camp and then the Army, Marine, et cetera? Yeah, so the Navy has their own boot camp. Uh, I'm pretty sure, we got our own, I'm pretty sure the Army and the Air Force, Marines, they all have their own boot camp. It's all, you know, by branch. Mm -hmm. Ours is in Chicago. It used to be Chicago and Cali, I believe, a long time ago, but they moved everybody strictly to Chicago. So I'm not really sure where all the other branches go, uh, but yeah, ours is in Chicago. And what is what was a day? Uh, what what was boot camp like? Give us the give us the inside. Man, so uh, boot camp is pretty much you know each person's point of view. My point of view was we first got there. Um, I flew into O'Hare in Chicago, and mm -hmm. you know they had us sitting crisscross applesauce with all the you know beige folders and stuff with all our information in it. We were just sitting there waiting for a bus to drive us up to um, Great Lakes. Mm -hmm. And we're on a bus, and they're like, you know, don't use your phones. You can't use your phones anymore. Da, da, da. Just sit there and wait for us to get there. So the moment we step off the bus, you know, there's a, a first-class petty officer there in our ear yelling, get off the bus, get off the bus, get off the bus, da, da, da. And it's like this: the momentum shifts from zero to 100 real quick. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we get inside the building. The first day is pretty much us, like, you know, pretty much getting our stuff, all of our uniforms. Well, most of our uniforms. We get all of them throughout the duration of boot camp. But, like, pretty much, like, our workout uh, uniforms. Uh, we ship all our stuff, that, like, a civilian clothes, we ship that back home. So we get a big box. Everything that we came in, they put us in a room. We, you know, take everything off, put it in a box. And they ship it back home. We can't use our phones. We ship our phones home. But they do allow us to, you know, once we get inside the facility, they let us get, uh, give us one call for like two minutes to pretty much call our parents and let them know that we made it safe. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll probably call you again within the next two to three weeks whenever I get another phone call and everything's okay. So that portion, that's processing. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to boot camp. Tell us. You know Tell us more. All right, yeah, I got you. I ain't want you know keep babbling. And oh no, like no, no, no! I want the stories. I got you. All right, bet. So after that, you know, we get our stuff. We sitting around. We gotta take a uh, we gotta take a piss test to make sure that we don't got no drugs or anything like that in our system. Mm -hmm. So this whole day of everything I'm about to tell you in this in this little part right here is within like 48 hours of no sleep. We cannot go to sleep for 48 hours. Oh shoot. So yeah, that's it's tough. So my, me personally, when I first got there, you know, the yelling, I'm used to, you know, yelling my mom, yelling me all the time when I was a kid growing up, I was a knucklehead, you feel me? So um, I was used to that. But at the time with like everything that we was going through, it was in my head, I was like, why did I do this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, what, what, why am I in Chicago right now? I'm all the way in Chicago. I'm from Baltimore. Why am I in <laughs> Chicago right now? Joining the Navy. What did I do? But, you know, I got past that. And so... Got our uniform, did our piss test. They pretty much, so I think that the reason they had us up for 48 hours because we got people from all over the country going to one spot and they're trying to get everybody on the same sleep schedule. Mm -hmm. Also trying to knock out most of the stuff that we got to do. We had to take pictures for our uh, military IDs. And now yeah. is that also like a weeding out process? Like if you, is there, are there people that drop in that first 48 hours? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. 
people like there's a lot of weak-minded individual people out there people drop like i had one dude in my boot camp who was scared to scared of needles we had to get blood drawn he quit because he did not want to get his blood drawn he was scared of needles that's a weird you're you're i feel like the needles would be the least of my worries if i'm if i'm going into a, like any branch of the military i feel like that would be yeah. but um, a lot of people go ahead well so when they when they're going to send like like when when you're going to if you're going to leave is there is there like hard feelings towards anybody or do they kind of give you a process of like, hey, if you want out, just tell us. And Oh, everything's pretty much cutthroat in boot camp. Like, you know, they're pretty much trying to the big picture is they they we are war fighters. They're trying to get our mind right. They're trying to break us down and build us back up, mm-hmm. as, you know, basically train sailors, soldiers, et cetera. So everything, there's no, you know, there's no emotion. There's no, you know, patting, patting back or anything like that. Everything's cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Everything is, you know, you cannot mess up in boot camp because they trying to give you the, you know, everything's life or death once you get out into the fleet. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. everything in boot camp is treated the same way. There's no, you know, pep talk or like, you can do this. As you get further on, once you start realizing, once they break you down, once you start realizing what things are for and stuff like that, you know, there's more motivation from your peers, you know, because you're supposed to work as a team. Yeah. So everybody, everybody's here. My, when I first stepped in, my boot camp first class, it had 82 people. I graduated with about 52 people. Wow. Yeah. You lost 30 over, and what, how many weeks is boot camp? Eight. So over eight weeks, you lost 30 guys. Yeah, so loss or some people do get sent back two weeks because they can't pass like certain tests and stuff like that. So if you like, let's say test wise, you're not able to pass a physical, like the physical fitness, you're not able to do miles, you're not stuff like that. You will get they'll send you. They they won't send you home. There's a a bigger process with that, but when you fail a test and stuff like that, they'll just set you back two weeks. They'll send you to another division. You'll go with another group of people, and then you'll start those two weeks over. Okay. Everything that you did for those two leading up to that test, you're restarting it with another group of people. Now, one like let's say somebody hap, ends up in that process, can you can can they continue to send you back for two weeks, or at some point do they say, okay, maybe this is it's just not going to work out? Yeah, yeah. Eventually, some point they're just like, hey man, you know, you got it. They give you a timeline after a while because at the same time, you're getting paid to be in boot camp. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. still get a paycheck. So you, you can't, you can't waste your whole career in boot camp. They're not going to, you know, accept the a career boot camper. That ain't happening. That's not happening. <laughs> well, I guess as a, you know, on the taxpayer dollar, that's probably a good thing that they don't let that happen. Right. <laughs> um, so I know the, uh, another side of boot camp is uh, last year's guest. We talked a lot about the, the gas, like going in, they take the mask oh, off yeah. you. So walk us through that process. What's that like? All right. So um, they used to call it a gas chamber. As you can see with politics and um, the way that the world is going right now, they, they're they they're trying to stay away from that. Well, they did stay away from it. They're not trying to. They already did. It's not called the gas chamber anymore. It's called the confidence chamber. So pretty much what that is like is it's supposed to make you trust your equipment because they give us gas masks in case of like, chemical attacks if you like you know what i'm saying if you get chemically mm-hmm. attacked stuff like that you're supposed to trust your equipment so with that being said they put us in a room 
they have these uh, tear gas tablets that they put on a hot plate. And pretty much we walk in there with our gas mask on and we're supposed to take them off and there's, we're supposed to breathe in the gas and we're supposed to be able to like, you know, keep our composure. Uh, what they did with us is they told us to, you know, pretty much say our name, rank, rate, down the line, like down the line of 10 people. Everybody had to do it. And once we did that, we got out of the room. But okay. it's pretty much, uh, it's a confidence building thing. It's supposed to make you not panic when you're in that situation and also trust your equipment. Now, leading up to your, to because you said after the eight weeks, you graduated with 52 guys. As you get yeah. closer to graduation, because I, I, I'm guessing there's another, there's a specialty camp, right? Like whatever you're going to go into, you got to then go to do that. Um, I'm, I'm confused. Um, like, so your job in the Navy, mm -hmm. do you like, once you come out of boot camp, boot camp prepares you for everything. Then do you go into like a specialty? Like you would have, let's say like I went into communications in college. That was what I, I oh, focused yeah. on. What, yeah. uh, what's the next step after boot camp? So boot camp, uh, is training everybody to be a, a basic sailor. Mm -hmm. Um, the next step is your job school, which is called a school. Okay. You go to a school, depending on whatever job you signed for in the Navy, I'm an operations specialist. So you go to your job, you go to your a school and you pretty much learn how to do your job, honestly. And so what is an operations specialist? An operations specialist is pretty much, we operate equipment. We operate, okay. uh, radars. We operate, um, communication equipment stuff like that uh we can we control we have different collaterals and stuff like that we control aircraft like uh, aic and stuff like that mm -hmm. um it's a out my rate it's a lot into my rate i can't even get into the whole depths of it but it's it's a whole lot well can i ask so why did you choose that why is that what you went into okay so remember when i told you that i had to, i lost my first job when i uh first you know what i'm saying yeah. So the first job that I joined was I was a logistics specialist. That's pretty much supplies, you know. Yeah. You you bring in all the supplies. You make sure everybody got everything that they need. It's every it's it's inventory. So that, that's what my job was. Mm -hmm. But you know, unfortunately, I couldn't do that job. Actually, fortunately, because I like the job that I have now, and it has a very good advancement percent advancement rate. But I had to choose the job that I have now is because. When it was time for me to go to boot camp, the job that I already chose wasn't available anymore. And the only two jobs that they had was operations specialist and master at arms. And a master at arms is pretty much uh, military police. Um, I couldn't do, nah, <laughs> couldn't do the master at arms because I didn't have my driver's license. So okay. the only other option was operations specialist. So... Well, I mean, I guess it worked out because now you don't have to be, an well. you're not, you're not a military police officer. You're nope. you're in a fast track job. You're, you're enjoying your job. Um, when you come out of class, you said it's class A, right? A school. A school. When you come out yeah. of A school, what's your next step? All right. So once you get out of A school, um, sometimes like a very, I say like maybe 12% of the time that you'll get sent to a C school, which is another specific job training for your job. But nine times out of 10, you're going to the fleet after that. You got orders. You're going to go to your next command. You're going to go to a, nine times out of 10, you're going to go to a boat because you always start out going to a boat first for the next five years. So me, where, I went. 
Yeah, where was your first? Where was your first? My first boat was the USS Harry S. Sherman. That's an uh, aircraft carrier out of Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. And yeah. can you can you talk about any where 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 did you go, or were you guys mainly just in Norfolk? Oh yeah, I can talk about where we went. So I've done three deployments. Okay. I've done three three and a half deployments because I just recently left my deployment to come to where I'm at right now. But I've done three and a half deployments. I've been to France. I've been to um, I've been to Greece, France, Croatia, England, uh, Dukem, mm-hmm. and I think that's it. But our deployments are pretty much us, you know, sailing in the sea for seven months and stuff like that. Those places that I told you that I've been to, those are like ports for us to go to like every 30 days. Okay. So we can like, you know, unwind, you know, relax a little bit. And then we're back out there. But pretty much I've been deployed in uh in Sixth Fleet, which is the Mediterranean Sea. I've been deployed in Fifth Fleet, which is the Red Sea. Okay. And over there by Iran and uh Iraq and in the uh, you know, the, the heat. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, I've been so, deployed those I've been deployed those two places. Now have you were they are the are these active combat areas or are you guys more or less patrolling to make sure we don't have these issues so yeah yes and no for both so we're always patrolling that's if we're not going to war or anything like that there's going to be deployments for the navy mm-hmm. you know army air force they don't always get deployments and stuff like that because we're not always doing stuff but for us the navy is first response pretty much we have to have boats over in certain areas because if something pops off then we got to be able to you know respond and that's Mm -hmm. like that's pretty much number one response for that's the best option for us to respond okay with the navy we have aircrafts because we got aircraft carriers we got aircrafts we got marines on small boys so we got a lot of options with the navy that can help us get the war started so walk us through a typical day for you. You're on deployment, you're on ship. What's a typical day, morning to, or oh, waking up to going to bed? All right, so me, uh, we stay, my job, we stay in watches pretty much. So I work in, I don't know if you've seen in like any of the military movies, you know, you see the people in the radar rooms with the blue lights and stuff. They sit in front of the console. That That's me. Okay. Uh we stand four. We stand two watches, four hours on, eight hours off. So you know, I'll wake up, you know, go to the mess decks, get some breakfast. I'll go to watch, and pretty much my watch consists of us, you know, monitoring the scope, pretty much mm-hmm. safe, safe navigation, and pretty much making sure that there are no hostile contacts coming our way because we track all that stuff. Okay. And once we do that, you know. I'll do my four-hour watch, you know, I'll get off a watch, probably go eat again mm-hmm. with a bunch of people that I work with, go to the gym. We got gyms on the boat, stuff like that. They're not the greatest, but, you know, it gets the job done. Um, you know, kind of, you know, we got collateral work too, stuff like that. So sometimes we got like paperwork and stuff that we got to do for our uh, actual division. So, you know, you get that stuff done, a little bit of office work and back in a wreck, you know, ready to start another day. Now, I think this goes without saying, but with the three deployments, with the time you've put in, you plan on, this is a career now. This is your, you're going to be a career military guy. I mean, I'm still kind of on the fence. Okay. I'm still on the fence. I'm wearing both options. 
I'm trying to see if I can, you know, get like me a little nice little uh, job on the outside. Because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get out without a plan. You feel me? Yeah. So the plan is to get out, but the military is my back pocket. It's in my back pocket. So if things no. don't go the way. Go ahead. So if things don't go the way that I want them to go, I still have the military, you know what I'm saying? I can still reenlist. Mm-hmm. I'm doing good enough for that they're going to bring me back. I mean, it's always good to have a backup plan. I mean, like you said, you you were the military to start for you was, man, I don't really want to do that. I'm looking for a job. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. All right, let's give it a chance. And now it's, well, I have this. As long as I have this, I'm not going to go and, unless I find something good outside of this. Um, for somebody that that maybe grew up in the same situation or somebody that's in college right now, that's going through that situation where, cause we all know it's not cheap. It's not cheap in any way, shape or form, especially where we both met each other at Bethany college. It was not cheap to go there. So you, you, you get a good not education, going. but it's, it, you pay for that education for sure. Um, yeah. What would you say to 18 year old Saul before he goes to Bethany? Would you tell him to go to Bethany or would you say, hey, man, I would just just kind of bypass that and get in now? I ain't going to lie. I, I love football. That's that's my first love. That's number one right there. Before anybody else in the world, number, football is my number one love. My mother's number two. <laughs> but if I could go back and tell 18-year-old me, I would tell him to don't go to college, go straight to the military. Everything I know right now, don't go to college, go straight to the military. I can do college in the military, and when I get out, they'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. And then if I still want to do that, you know what I'm saying, I can do that. But I'd have been in a lot. I'd have been in a way better situation if I would have went to the military straight out of high school than going to Bethany College. Well, hey, I wouldn't have got to meet you, and and we had some we had some good times in that in that place in the woods. <laughs> that is true. That is 100 percent true. I had a lot of great experience. Yeah. A lot of great experiences. You know, college is great. You know what I'm saying? You just got to keep your head straight. You want to talk about two grown-ass men playing a version of handball on in a in a living room with two door frames as a goal and, and a physicality <laughs> that happened. But for two hours, we did this, guys. We, we beat the hell out of each other for two hours for – I don't even remember what the game was. I remember the I remember the goal and I remember kind of the objective, but most of it was just to beat the shit out of each other. Um, yeah. Would your advice to 18-year-old you then, that would be the advice you would give to a high school student that's kind of on the fence? You know, maybe so, – maybe... Oh, go ahead. So my advice that I would give to myself is going to be different from what I would give to another 18-year-old student. Mm-hmm. What I would give to another 18-year-old student is weigh your options, you know, don't feel pressured into feeling like you have to go to college because you don't have to go to college. Um, I felt like when I was in that situation, I was kind of like everybody was, you know, talking about going to college, where you want to go. Everybody was applying. It was like, it was all in the air. It was in the atmosphere. You don't have to fall for that. If you can't afford to go to college or that's not what you want to do, then make whatever you want to do work. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of options out there. Like you don't have to, as long as you are proactive instead of reactive, then you'll be fine. And I think that's a great point. I mean, there's, like you said, there's, there's a lot out there. There's trade schools, there's uh, two-year colleges, there's the military option. There's just going right into the workforce. I mean, if, b- before you put yourself in mountains of debt, 
take it from two people. I mean, thankfully, the United States Navy is going to take care of of the, the little bit of Bethany that was there, I'm hoping, right? That's got to be part of the, the deal. Uh, I, it's, they take care of everything in the future. Ah. But there, are, there, there are options where, you know, in certain circumstances, I think, I, I'm not, don't quote me on this, but I think there are certain circumstances where they would pay for some mm. things, but I haven't made it to that yet, so I'm not 100% sure on that. Oh, so you better be sure because I'm calling. I'm calling all the all the bosses right now. I'm I'm going through my rolodex of uh, of White House connections and congressmen. Oh, I'm calling everybody. Yo, you guys ain't gonna pay for Saul's. He went to Bethany. He ain't gonna pay for that stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm still paying for that right now. I'm almost there, but I'm I'm still paying for that one year. I hear. And remember, when you're when you were there for that one year, that was year number four, and I still had two more laps to do. So damn. We paying, we paying. Bethany, you're going to get it one way or another. That's for sure. Um, is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to say while you have this time? Um, well, I want to say that I had a, you know, I had a great time at Bethany, you know, even though I would have rather not gone to college, there was a lot of things that, you know, a lot of people I met, obviously you, you know, um, Alpha Sig, you know, my brothers, a lot of everybody, the football team, you know, just lifelong friends that I'll have forever that, you know, even though I'm paying out of my pocket right now for this, still to this day, it's still a lot of things that you can't put a price on that I'm, I've been able to do in my first year of college. Well, and I think that's a great place for us to end. Um, so it's always good to catch up with you. It's good to now that we, we go back and forth now. It's, it's great. I, I didn't hear from him for like two years, which makes sense because he was probably in the middle of the Mediterranean uh, Sea or the Red Sea. So I, I understand. I take a back seat to right. the United States government. I get it. It's, yeah. they, pay, they sign the checks. I got you. Yeah. Um, oh, my soul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you at home that are watching, you can find us on our social medias, which is Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. The only one that's different is Instagram. You go to, you add Dingo. It's Dingo underscore talk instead of just Dingo talk. If you don't, you're going to find a bunch of wild dogs and this very bald man who's a very nice gentleman. He loves the the Dingoes from Australia. Um, but that's not me. Saul won't be there. You won't be able to find anything that we just did. Uh, you can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, iHeartRadio, anywhere basically that you can get a podcast, you can listen to us here. We release a new show every Thursday at 10 a.m. The audio version comes out midnight of the th of that Thursday. Um, but before we leave, sir, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do on a daily basis. Thank you, everybody that's with you. Um, I wish you guys all to be safe and healthy and, and to come home. When, when you do go out and come back. Um, happy Veterans Day to those that served prior that are serving currently. Um, this has been, let me make sure I get this right. Petty Officer Second Class Whitaker yep. with us. See, it's hard for me. It's not, a, it, it's <laughs> not, I, I always be like, that's Saul. This is Saul, but that's not, I can't, can't do that. That's disrespectful. Um, no, it's, it's not disrespectful. You know, we, we, we go back. Yeah, still, I don't want to. This is supposed to be a Veterans Day episode. I can't insult like a whole group of people. They'll be quite upset with me. Um, thank that. you, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for taking the time to to tell us your story. And uh, we'll see you next week, Chuckleheads. You
wanna know by now You wanna know by now